This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Well, it's good to be with you as, as I've probably, uh, well, you, as you know me, I'm kind of a nuts and bolts kind of guy. So I like when I present a lesson, it's usually on something that, you know, it's kind of very practical. Um, there's some uh, very practical application. Obviously, all of God's scripture is. But, but for me, this is just kind of what I've been thinking about recently. And um, I just thought that this was something that uh, we can all use and all apply in our lives. Can you hear me okay? Is that coming through all right? Okay. So the, the message today is on renewal, and I had Daniel read Romans 12, 1 and 2, and that's going to be kind of the focus of the lesson today. But when you think about renewal, you know, each of us maybe have different thoughts come to mind that uh, when you think of that, and, and for me, renewal... Words like renew, restore, restoration, rejuvenate, revive, recover, overhaul, refurbish. You know, what comes to mind when you hear those words? Maybe a lot of different things, a lot of very practical things come to mind. You know, over the years, I've done a good bit of that, and uh, I've had an opportunity to perform many renewals or restorations or repairs or revivings of things. Um, And these are kind of hands-on things like ATVs and motorcycles, uh, houses, you know, even a little tiny home and uh, things that were in some state of disrepair. And, you know, you strive to do that, to to make them like new and maybe the whole thing or maybe just a, a maybe a more limited scope project on something like that. Uh, now, you know I like to take pictures, so that, to stay away from a PowerPoint this morning helped me not give you the before and after of every little project that I've ever done. But aren't those neat to see? If you like home remodeling or just anything like that, maybe old cars, you know, you like the before and after picture because you kind of, if you like that, you probably have a sense of what goes into that. And to me, that's very interesting. I love renewal projects, and I know many of you do too. I I know what you do. Uh, I know the skills that you all have, many of you have. And so uh, I think that's just something that, uh, um, I think it comes right from Scripture about renewal in our lives. For many, it's a labor of love when we take on projects like that. It may be just a a source of additional income, or it may be a combination of two. But what I love about the renewal process in those practical hands-on things is, you know, just that opportunity to bring back to life something that was maybe from long ago. And you get to see what that designer's original intent was. Um... 
Sometimes you renew it and you're going to keep everything just the same. And maybe other times you're going to improve certain areas just based on the wisdom that you now have about how it wears, perhaps, or improvements that make it more useful to you. You may buy a house and it has a tub. And you're like, well, we don't take baths. We take showers. I needed to have a shower. And that's a renovation project that it better fits your life. You know, you see the need for that. It's going to improve things for you. <clears throat> when I take on projects, sometimes that the, the character in things is just so unique that you don't want to lose that character. You know, if you look at old homes and you like to, to restore those, you, you like to keep that character and maybe make improvements in other places. Well, if we apply that in our lives, those things of this fits, this really doesn't. Maybe it was once useful, but now the way I live, that's, that's not so useful. In our renewal process, you know, I'm going to give you a couple examples here. These may or may not apply to you, they, but, you know, maybe it's just things we used to do that don't fit the way we want to live now. They don't encourage us in the way we want to live now. So there's nothing wrong with any of these. I'm just going to give you some examples that for you or maybe for me, these were things that maybe need renewed in what we do. For example, maybe you used to belong to a bowling leg. And I know that seems to be more popular up north where they don't have the sunshine like we do here. But if you struggled with alcohol, that might be something you need to change out. Because maybe it's an atmosphere that puts you back in a place where you don't want to be anymore. Or movie night. You know, we have movie night at our house. Sometimes it's a bigger struggle to have a movie night just because it's a struggle to find a movie that you feel good about watching with the family. You know, so maybe say, hey, we're not going to do movie night every week because there are not that many good movies out there. We're going to do it once a month and maybe a game night is better suited. You know, maybe those changes, those renewal of your schedule, your processes, the things you like to do needs to change up a little bit. Maybe it's ever since I was in college, I like to stay up till, you know, one or two o'clock every, every weekend night. Well, if, if you're dragging in the morning, you know, that may be something you need to revive a, a different approach or restore a different schedule to your sleeping habits. Or maybe it's just the people that... Sometimes you find yourself hanging out with that may not help you in your Christian walk. Maybe you need to look at that a little bit. Maybe change things up. It could be something good. It could be like, well, I, I do this extra work for extra money for our home, but it keeps me from spending time with my family. You know? Um, I mean, I, I definitely struggle with those things. Uh, maybe it's an early, early morning exercise routine that keeps you from your quiet Bible time. That's another one for me that I struggle with. You know, relating back to the home, maybe like the bathroom, the tub needs to go to install a shower because it just doesn't serve you, maybe like it once did. So you need to renew, revive, renovate. Well, the focus of the lesson today is I want to go over what the Bible says about renewal and restoration. You know, these are concepts that are talked about extensively. 
in both the Old and the New Testament, and I, I won't try to go through all of those verses, but I'm going to spend a little bit of time with my hope that you can see what renewal is and, and certainly what Christ did for us. So let's start in the Old Testament. A, a word renewal from Strong's in Hebrew was kadash, and it was to be new, rebuild, repair. It's about, found about 10 times that particular uh, Hebrew word in the, Greek, in, the, in, the, in the Bible in the Old Testament. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time from 1 Samuel, also Psalms, and then Lamentations. 1 Samuel 11:14 says, Then Saul said to the people, Come and let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. Well, the setting is, if, if you remember reading in 1 Samuel, Saul just before, well, the, the picture is this, where, where that takes place is just before that, Saul is anointed to be the king, okay? And it's just right after the coronation, the Ammonites besiege Jabesh Gilead, okay? Now, Gilead were descendants of Manasseh and was also the name of an Israelite town northwest of Jordan. Jabesh wanted a covenant and would agree to serve the Ammonites, okay? So they were fearful of them being wiped out by the Ammonites. They said, well, we'll make a covenant with you, okay? And Nahash, the Ammonites, said to them, well, we're going to gouge out your right eye. You have to let us gouge out the right eye of every man, and then we'll let you serve us. They said, well, give us seven days to decide on that. Seems pretty harsh, right? So Saul heard about it. And what's it very interesting? It says Saul heard about these. He's plowing in the field. This is the scene. He's plowing with oxen in the field. And he hears this weeping and this crying. And he's like, well, what's going on? So he hears about it. And this is where the Spirit of God came upon Saul. It was, he was anointed, coronation. And at this point, he's out in the field and the Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul. Saul became very angry, and he cut up the oxen that he was using to plow the field. And he sent the pieces throughout the territory of Israel, saying that this would be done to you if you don't come out after Saul and Samuel. And the men of Jabesh Gilead, uh, they would have deliverance. And Saul and three companies came, and they struck down all the Ammonites. After that, Samuel said, Come and let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. They went to Gilgad and made Saul king. This renewing of the kingdom that was the ceremonies at Gilgal involved the confirmation of the kingdom as well as the hands of, uh, in the hands of Saul and the affirmation of the commitment to this king. And I just really find that interesting. This renewal took place after this, like this significant event. I was like, what was it? You know, Again, it, was just, it just kind of amazes me that Saul, you would think this king, he was anointed, but he's out plowing in the field. And this thing occurred. And that just caused Saul to stand up, step up. And he said, oh, no. Everybody follow me. We are going to take care of the Ammonites. And that's what took place. And it renewed the kingdom there. I just find that's a very interesting sequence of events where the spirit came upon Saul turning Saul. It was like the turning point in Saul's life. You would have thought maybe the anointment was, I would have thought, but it was that point where Saul 
said, no, we got to step up and do something about this. It was a turning point in his life. You know, sometimes I think we look in our own children and we see turning points in lives, in ourselves. Something, some kind of decision, some kind of place you're at. You're like, you know, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. That was Saul's turning point. Kind of take them from a follower to a leader in this case. The second verse I want to cover is Psalms 51.10. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I think that's a verse that we could meditate on a long time. Renew a steadfast spirit. What is a steadfast spirit? Steadfast, erect, fixed. I think that's what we pray for. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. That's an ongoing process for each of us. Another verse in the Old Testament, this last one I'm going to cover is Lamentations. Lamentations means to cry aloud in Greek, which is what the whole book is. Mourning over the utter destruction of Jerusalem and the temple by the Babylonians. Lamentations 5.21 says, Restore us to you, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days of old. I think we can empathize with them to some degree and when something like that would occur that it's like take us back before the Babylonians had besieged us and destroyed everything. God was teaching them, teaching them to come back to him. Restore us to you, O Lord. Well, let's move on to the, um, to the New Testament. There's two verses in particular that I want to focus on in the New Testament. The Greek is uh, anakinosis, and that means a renewal, a renovation, a complete change for the better. Uh, I love that. I mean, that's such a, a perfect way to talk about our life with Christ. Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2, which Daniel read earlier, I'll read again. It says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove the will of God, that is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's dig into this a little bit. When Paul is writing to the Romans, up to this point, and basically in chapters 1 through 11, Paul is talking about justification by faith and of the Christian, of the Christian, and the sanctity, sanctification in a systematic way. And so when he says that, that is the theme of this letter is the righteousness of God and spiritual gifts. 
So beginning in chapter 12, Paul says, therefore, and he establishes the connection of this verse into the entire first part of the letter. Paul is, tell, Paul is telling his readers, this dedicated life is also a transformed life. You know, in verse 1, you see where it's a decisive commitment by the leader, by the reader. Make that commitment, it tells us in verse 1. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. That's a commitment. And the second verse deals with the maintenance of that commitment, that ongoing renewal, which we all need to focus on every day, maintaining that commitment, where it says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. You know, I want to highlight that need now for the continual vigilance. And that continual, continual vigilance is needed so that our original commitment is not weakened that decision that we have once made as a Christian. And where does that threat of the weakening come from? But from the world, Paul tells us in verse 2. The world, which is the age, or the evil age, as used in Galatians 1.4, where Jesus, who, that is Jesus, gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. The believer has been delivered, rescued from this evil age, that is the world. And the evil age is the earth where we live, where Satan is God of the unbelieving, which is according to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. But our heavenly calling includes living in this world among sinful men. That's where we are to be right now. We're each here at this time for that purpose. We are here among the world. And we're among sinful men where we are to show the praises of him, that is Jesus, who called us out of darkness into God's marvelous light. We are here now for the purpose of witnessing, not for the conformity to that which is passing away which we learn from 1 Corinthians 7.31. Again, Romans 12.2 is complementary to not being conformed to the pattern of the world, but more so is a command given by Paul to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And these two processes are ongoing always for us. It's a renunciation or a refusal of the world and the renewal of our mind. The second part appears to mean that the believers keep going back in their thought to the original commitment made, reaffirming its necessity and legitimacy in the light of the grace that God extended to each of us. In this activity, the working of the Holy Spirit should no doubt be recognized. We are told this in Paul's letter to Titus, specifically Titus 3, 5, where it says, He saved us, 
not on the basis of our deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. That's how that takes place. Speaking of going back to original commitment, I can't help but think of a video I shared recently with the men. It was on Friday. I don't know if some of you men saw that, but uh, it was one of our younger brothers in Christ being baptized four years ago, and I had taken a video, and it popped up on my phone. And I think it was so timely, and that's the kind of original commitment that the renewing of our mind, the regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit I'm talking about. I don't think he would mind me recognizing him, but it was Gavin right behind in this baptistry where Clint baptized him, and we praise God for his commitment four years ago. And now how the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is there to help you and, and everybody else who's made that same commitment. Having our sins washed away in baptism and have the helper, that is the Holy Spirit, as we strive not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10 tells us, For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Isn't that why we spend time studying God's word, being taught by God-fearing scriptural teachers. That's why we spend time studying. God gave us the Holy Spirit, this helper that Jesus sent us. That's what we want to connect with. That's what we need washing us. It's the Holy Spirit through God's word. I think it's beautiful when it says, the fruit of the light being goodness, righteousness, in truth. That's kind of a, that's an easy test for anything that we may have around us in the world. Does it line up with goodness, righteousness, and truth? Like a litmus test, right? That's our Savior. That same world, light used here, is false in Greek, and it's used in John 1.7, where he says, he, that is John, came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He came to testify about that light, that light which is goodness, righteousness, and truth. This is the process of renewal in each of us, the continual honing and cleaning and sharpening and reviving and restoring and rejuvenating so practically, because I'm a very practical guy, what does that look like for you and me? I know it's certainly spending time in our word, having that quiet time, that time to meditate, to let those verses that God's giving us, that's God's communicating with us. He's telling us this. Let that just soak in. Well, there's two things. I think, two important aspects to recognize about the components of renewal. You have the physical and you have the spiritual aspects of renewal. 
First, the physical. God gave us a Sabbath day. And this wasn't for God, but he gave it to us for us. According to uh, Mark 2.27, that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And that's a difficult thing for a guy like me who is a very, you know, I don't know if it's a pride thing, but I'm a kind of a high, I think of myself as get a lot done kind of guy, you know. And that can be a burden. That can be a struggle or hurdle for me specifically. I'm just kind of wired that way. I mean, that's what I went to college for. I mean, I was an engineer in manufacturing, and it was all about how to make it faster, how to make it better. I mean, like, I feel like when we go to Voice of the Martyrs, that's like my, you know, that's like showtime, you know. I mean, anybody's working around me, probably like, oh, my goodness, who's this guy? But, you know, it's just something that's so natural to me. And each of us have those, just those natural talents. So when you're doing it, it's just like, yeah, that's what God made me for, you know. It's kind of a neat thing when... You can never put those two together and, you know, be productive and helpful and, you know. So at any rate, um, if I don't rest weekly, I physically become burned out and less effective in everything that I do. God gave us a day of rest like he rested. And if I don't rest and be intentional with my energy, I can neglect my quiet time, which I need to read and meditate on God's word. And you all, I mean, that's just me. I just share that so it kind of hits home. But each of us, you know, what I want is for you all to be thinking about for you. The other spiritual renewal available to believers, and the one is the spiritual rest. Salvation in general is likened to rest when we trust in Christ not on our own works. Hebrews 4, 1 through 11 tells us that, and I'll, I'll take a moment to read that. Therefore, let us fear if while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. For we who have believed enter that rest, just as he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, because... And those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. He again fixes a certain day today, saying that through David, after so long a time, just as it has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So that there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. Finally, in verse 11, Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through following the example of disobedience. 
We need rest and spiritual renewal day to day, like our bodies need physical rest. This soul care, you might consider it, can only happen when we focus on God and rely on his strength to sustain us. Psalms 54.4 says, Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. What about each of us? What do we think about when we read Romans 12.2 and Titus 3.5 as it relates to the renewing of the mind by the washing and regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit? Have we ever really arrived? Are we done renewing at any point? I think, no, we continually strive to be Christ-like. Our Christian walk is a lifelong journey where we're always learning and applying what we learn. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though the outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. You know, the older I get, the more that physically hits home. as the outer man decay, but the inside, the soul, the spirit that's within us, that is being renewed day by day. Now here's a physical example that I hope just paints a picture for the spiritual when it comes to renewing our mind and striving daily. So let's say I'm on a diet, right? We go to a potluck maybe at the at the uh, center down here. And, uh, you know, somebody says, hey, uh, here's a piece of pie off the dessert. No, thank you. You know, I'm trying to cut back, trying not to eat sweets or, you know, whatever it may be at that time because it's week to week with me. You could, you know, you know how that goes, right? It's like, what? I wonder if Derek's eating sweets today, Janice would probably say. I know my mom says that because she never knows what to cook down there. But at any rate... uh, So, yeah, no, no, thank you. I'm trying to cut back. Now, I want to say it in the best way possible to communicate, and I wouldn't want to come off like a Pharisee, you know, or the hypocrites in Matthew 6, 16 that says, for they disfigure their faces and they show others that they are fasting, right? You know, sometimes I am sure I've come off that way. Oh, no, you know, I'm about wasting away here, you know. I'm disfigured because I can't eat something. Well, that's very dramatic, of course, but the idea is that's a physical example of maybe there's a spiritual similarity of of where I'm really working on, you know? And the idea is, you know, just like somebody who knew I was not trying to eat sweets wouldn't keep coming up to me and saying, hey, how about this, how about that, you know, sugar or whatever. If I were struggling spiritually with something, You wouldn't, you know, maybe have doubts in faith or temptations that are ungodly or, you know, having accountability may be helpful. You know, perhaps a friend would, you know, like you wouldn't offer me desserts if I was saying I, you know, I couldn't have sugar. Uh, maybe you see somebody who is, you know, sharing uh, that they're having some faith issues or uh, temptations, um, perhaps a offering to pray for them or spending time with them and maybe sharing how 
God is working in your life, maybe some things that you've overcome, praying for that person. That's a spiritual, perhaps, similarity that I hope I'm kind of conveying what I'm trying to say when it comes to the physical and the spiritual. We are made new when we commit to follow Christ and put away sin through our burial with him in the waters of baptism, that time of dying to ourselves, the old self, professing him as Lord and Savior. But like the renewal projects that I mentioned at the beginning of this lesson, after that, we point to the focus on the maintenance, the renewing of our minds. Like those projects, many beautiful, unique characteristics we may want to save, that's us. But now we focus on the improvements, the more wisdom, the better habits, the right focus, the right priorities. So as I come to a conclusion, You know, as a body of believers here today, I believe we're prepared to help everyone or anyone who may have a spiritual need there. Whether it's a a wholesale change, a brand new, being new in Christ, a total life-altering dying to self and commitment to Christ, We can help you because we have the waters of baptism behind me here and they're ready to wash away your sins as it says in Acts 22.16. Or if you need renewal, those improvements, those renovations like we spoke of, well, you have your brothers and sisters here ready to pray for you, to be around you, to help you with just whatever need you have. So as we get ready to sing this invitation song, it's an invitation song for that very purpose. It's inviting you at this time to come forward if you need that life-altering change or a renewal through the prayers of your brothers and sisters. I would ask you to come forward at this time as we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.